Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Open up the Bible together. So grab your sword and uh, go to Nehemiah. Nehemiah. And uh, chapter one, where we'll begin, I'm going to take you through about six chapters today. Somebody's like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a long day. No, it's not going to be that bad. It won't be bad. Matter of fact, I have to be on Main Street, Simpsonville, in about two hours serving today for the Christmas parade. So uh, I won't keep you here too long. So, um, and, uh, but. Uh, book of Nehemiah, uh, 16th book in the Old Testament. And we're doing a series right now on the Old Testament called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. But Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, we'll pick up there in just a few moments. But I want to pray first. Can we do that? Will you join me? God, thank you for the opportunity today to open up your word, spend uh, uh, this time in it with your people, God. So I pray, God, you'll just speak to us today. God, do something in our lives and let every heart today, God, Day be open, Lord, to what you want to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, then uh, today we're going to be talking about this guy named Nehemiah. Um, just first of all, just the name Nehemiah means Yahweh comforts, the Lord comforts. And just that is pretty cool. And I, I just love, again, just in that name, there's, there's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool picture of what I believe uh, God wants to do today in some lives. And that's just bring comfort. But the story about Nehemiah is pretty cool. He's probably most well known for being the key leader in the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. And uh, this, is, this is a critical, critical story in the Bible because here in the time the, the children of Israel had been, had been ran out of the promised land, um, they had begun to come back into it. The temple had been restored. There had been houses rebuilt there in the town. Uh, there were people planting vineyards. Uh, there were uh, fields and crops being laid out. But what had happened is there had not yet rebuilt the wall around the city. And this is important because, again, if you don't just see the picture of this, it was, there's many things represented. Spiritually, it represents just the provision of God. It represents strength. But just in a practical sense, they're opened up to the enemy to come in to take and to steal and destroy. And so, again, that's what the enemy does. And so this story is very important. And so we actually see in the book of Nehemiah, in these six chapters that we're going to go through, you see uh, how the wall is rebuilt. But I want you to grab hold of and hopefully take notes today. I'm going to give you three things in this story that really kind of, I kind of just stood out in my life and, uh, and spoke to me in this. And uh, it, it's one of those things, first of all, that the building of the wall, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen because God desires for it to happen. I believe we can see things in the Bible that God desires. It may not happen because, again, people are not obedient in that. So we're going to see some stuff here that is very critical. Uh, I believe, again, in our own life, when we see the desire of God and our hearts being open to his plan, and those two things mesh and come together. And so in this story today, first of all, for the rebuilding of the wall, I'm going to give you three. Number one is this. When it comes to the rebuilding of the wall, maybe to he the healing of the brokenness in your life, whatever that may be, first of all, there needs to be a burden. A burden. 
Now, I want, you know, a lot of times we see this maybe as a bad thing. And I hope you can maybe see the heart behind this word today as I, as I share this. Because Nehemiah had a burden for the people. He, he, he himself, if you know where he was at, he was actually in Persia. He was actually in the castle with the king. He had a political position. Uh, he actually was the king's cupbearer. A lot of folks will think that's kind of like a bad position, a bad title. It's the bottom of the rung that, you know, he's going to be the one who uh, takes the cup first before the king takes it and partakes of it. And if he doesn't die, it's a safe drink for the, for the, for the king. But there's, there's a whole lot more to that. Than it's actually a good political position that he was in. It's even a place of prestige in, in some regard. But here's the truth. The dude had things going. He was in the castle, had money, and yet he still had a burden for the broken. Now, how do we see this? We actually see this in scripture. He's in Persia and Nehemiah has some folks come into town and there are folks that are coming now from, <clears throat> from Jerusalem and they come there and Nehemiah actually asks them, man, hey, what's up? You know, what's going on? Now, I don't know if you've ever done this. I know for most of us are so spiritual. We are so caring, as Ms. Tina said earlier, and we're so loving. We've never done that and then regretted asking that. Uh, but maybe there's been those times where you were like going down and you were like speaking to somebody and you was like, hey, what's up? And then you was like, hey, how's it going? And then you're like, oh no, I Never should ask that part. I should have said with the what's up. Because you're at Walmart and everything's going crazy and people's going nuts and you didn't ask the question, how's it going? And you gotta stay and listen to what's being said. You're like, oh man, ah, and you're, you're sitting there because you are loving people and you're making Jesus known and you're caring for the kingdom and about the work that's being done. You listen. And Nehemiah asked this question, and I honestly believe, and again, we all have times when we have maybe more time and maybe more and more caring than other times in our life, but I believe we see a picture here where Nehemiah actually cared and asked the question, how are things going? Because we see the answer. Now, if you, you can pick up, you should be there by now. Nehemiah chapter 1, and again, we're going to go through some stuff today. Verse 3 in chapter 1 says this, And they said to me, the people answering, The survivors <clears throat> who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. See this? The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God in heaven. Now remember about Nehemiah, he was doing pretty good. He was doing okay. Things were going well for him. And yet when he saw the need of those that were hurting, it broke his heart. And I'll be honest, the Holy Spirit, I guess hopefully, challenges you and conviction speaks to your heart during these messages as he does to me. And I sat there this week and I had to ask myself a question. When's the last time I've sat and weeped and wept for the broken? When's the last time I've sat and, and, and just literally began to cry and pray for the lost and in that sense? And so as we hear this, this is incredible. We actually see here him recognizing a need 
him actually understanding that there are broken places. And not just that, he began to pray for that and have a heart for those things. And this is how God works today in this room. If you're here today and, and if you're broken, if you're hurting and wounded, the healer's here. The, re, the restore of those things is, is here today and, and he's with us today in this room and he's a, he's a healer of those things. And Jesus had this for us. Jesus had a burden for the broken. He saw us in our need. And every person today, you have to understand this. If you have not yet surrendered your life over to Christ, you're broken. Right now you're in a broken condition and God's the only one that can heal that. And, and coming into faith in Christ is the only thing that can heal that brokenness. But for us today, there are so many people who have maybe put their faith in him, but there are situations today in your life that you just feel like, man, you know, things are broken right now. I got good news. The healer's here. The restore of those things today is in this room. And so he had this. And so today, God, give us today, if we're not in the place of brokenness, give us a heart for the broken. Give us a burden for those things. Don't let us get caught up in the palace. Don't let us get caught up in the place where things are good and we're saved and we're okay and we're going to make it to heaven and not have a burden for the lost. God, let us have that burden. We see here in the story, first of all, Nehemiah had a burden. Now, the second thing, I believe, again, is just as important. Um, maybe more so. Uh, I believe, again, it begins with a burden, but you have to do something. We see here, after he has a burden, he also has this. He has a building plan in place. And so for you note takers today, each of these will begin with B. And so uh, this, is, uh, <clears throat> this is good news for y'all folks who are, who are in that light. I know who you are. But, uh, but, but you must have a building plan. It's one thing for us to say, yeah, that breaks my heart. Yeah, that, that, yeah, even so, I'm broken. But what am I going to do? I'm not just going to sit back and let nothing be done. We see the next thing unfold where he has now a building plan in place because it all begins for him in verse 4 again. Listen to what he says. It says in verse 4, So it was when I heard these words, I sat down and wept. I mourned for many days and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. The first step in any building plan is to go before the Lord in prayer. Go to that place of prayer and fasting with God and spend this time with Him. It always begins there. We've spent the last two Sundays looking at prayers in Scripture in First and Second Chronicles and seeing how that works and what that looks like. And this is a picture of it here. The first thing he does is he begins to go to God in prayer. The building plan always begins with prayer. It's always the first place you go because if you don't go in prayer, you will have your plan. Some of y'all refused. Didn't want to say amen because you were scared right now. Listen, it's okay. It's good because, listen, you have your plan. But when you pray and fast, you get his plan. And we see what this looks like. Some of you folks today, you can apply this to areas of your life, leaders in this church, you and your personal walk, in your business. It all begins with you first going to God, getting a picture of what he places inside of you. And because he goes there and starts there, God gives him a picture. Listen to verse 17. Look at what happens. Happens. And look at what he does with this. In chapter 2, verse 17, it says this, Then I said to them, he has, he prays, he fasts, he goes to God, God speaks to him, he brings people together, and he says, you see the distress that we are in. 
how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. What he does is he goes to God, gets a now a vision and a picture of the plan and gets the, the, the layout of what this thing's supposed to look like. Then he begins to go and cast a vision to those that are around him. So this is how it works. You get the picture. God speaks to you. Then you begin to cast the vision and begin to ask, the, ask God to put the people in position. In verse 18, it says this. It says now that, and I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he has spoken to me. And so they, and listen, this is what, how this works. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Hear this. They said, let us rise. Then they set their hands. How many understands and, 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 and knows that, again, the word that God is calling you to do, us to do as a body, it's not going to be done by one. It will not be done by one. I don't care how great that one is. The only one, it's going to start with, again, Jesus. We preach him every week. But that, how, who Jesus is going to use is us, them. They came together. This is awesome because as he begins to paint the picture, he lays out the plan. He's got the, the, the drawings and the graphs and everything's in place, the vision of what it looks like. They say, wait a minute. We believe now we have a burden. We can be a part of this plan and they begin to get together and, and, and begin to do the work. And it's cool. Again, it, it, if you study this out, you'll see in chapter three where he begins to put certain people in position. He puts certain people in place and this group builds this part of the wall. This group builds this section. This group does this. And it gets awesome. It actually is, it gets down to the place like in chapter 3, verse 12, where you'll see things like where fathers and daughters are building together. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. And I, as I was looking over this week over our baptism uh, list, and, and I was looking over that, that we have on our list of baptism next week, a father and a daughter going to get baptized <laughs> on the same day. And I'm like, God, thank you for illustrations. Come on, man. How incredible. And this is how this works. Parents, don't miss this. If you have children, they're just as important in this play as you are. Come on, every one of them, every person. So every, we're not going to wait till they get old and then let them do something for God right now. And you see this begin to unfold. It's incredible. So don't miss it. And then as they begin to build, this story gets, gets awesome. It actually goes into now what I see. I'm getting ready to share one of my favorite verses in the Bible. This is cool because now look, in chapter 4, well, I told you we are going to go through six chapters. In chapter 4, verse 13, I built somebody's faith today and just, you just believe in the impossible became possible. Verse 13, therefore, I position men behind the lower parts of the wall. Now again, the work that was being done, enemy hates it. He hates the work that's being done by this body. He hates the work being done by the kingdom of God. And so he tries to come and attack those things. But look, the plan was in place, each person playing a part. And so again, at the lower parts of the wall, at the openings, I set people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. 
And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Ah, come on, man. we, if, if, we, if we get this and understand today that there's nothing for us to be fearful of in the work that God's called us to, we see this here and he, he looks back and he says, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and, fights for your bre- and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And I, man, I just love that verse. And, and, and this week, I have, I have three children, my youngest, 12 years of, of age. I, I introduced him to the movie The Patriot this week. And uh, I, I'm, not, I'm never endorsing a movie. I ain't endorsing this movie. It, it's, it's a battle. It's, 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 it's a war movie, and there are difficult things. But Mel Gibson's in this movie, and, and there's one time where he begins to speak forth, and he begins to declare the speech, and, and it's just awesome. And, man, I was actually kind of like reading this verse this week, and, and in my mind, man, maybe I don't need to study and, and, and watch movies the same week. I don't know. But as I was just, as I was just reading this verse, it was like he began to rise up. That verse was like, I remember the Lord. How great and awesome and fight for your brethren. And I was just like, oh, I was just, come on. I was like, come on, I was ready to go, man. And I was like, that's how it really is. That's what we have to get to that place to where we see that right now there is an enemy set to kill. He's out to steal and destroy, but they came together the daughters and the wives and the brethren and the houses, and they all fought in verse 15. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing. You know what happens when there's a plan in place and we come together? The plot of the enemy comes to nothing. It, it is not just, well, I guess we're going to have this casualty, that casualty, that, that's just the casualties. No, listen to me. The plot of the enemy comes to nothing when we come together. That all of us return to the wall, everyone to his work. And so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields and the bows and wore armor and leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked that construction and with the other hand they held a weapon. And this is it. This is how this works. Now, I know there's people gifted in certain areas. They're, they're more of a warrior than a worker, and there's some people more worker wor- than warrior mindset. But for you and what God's called you to do, you will have to understand that you have to do both. Because there will be times and situations where you're going to be out there by yourself and it's going to require both. And, and you have to see how this works. At the same time, they were a worker and a warrior. At the same time, they were building and battling. These two never are separate. There are never times, because this is what happens when you're such a warrior, when you're, when you're fighter and you're, you're out there, man, you're out there battling and you're fighting and you're going on the front line. You better, man, God put me on the front line. You're building, you're battling, you're warring, you're fighting. When you stop, 
If you look around, if you have not been building, you have nothing. Or if you've been doing the opposite and you've been battling, you're, or you've been building and you're getting up, man, you're saying, man, I'm working every day out here trying to build something. And, and I'm, out here, I'm out here working as hard as I can work, Pastor. I'm doing everything I can do. Then I look around and you still have nothing. Because this is a picture of what this looks like. We come to the place where we build and we battle. It's never one or the other. Have a burden. Lay the plan out. Begin to build a plan. And the last and the final one this morning is this, that we need to have a backbone. And I look back over my <clears throat> 20 years of, of ministry, and I'm like, man, I've never used have a backbone as, as one, of my, one of my principles, one of my points in a message. But I'm like, man, it must be something here. And, and, and God made this clear because, listen, this is how this works. We got to have a backbone. This, is, this means this, that we're not going to give up and quit just because enemy don't like what we're doing. Just because somebody don't believe in my dream and because somebody doesn't grab hold of my vision and because somebody doesn't trust what, listen, I'm going to quit and give up and go sit on a corner, do nothing. Listen, you got to have a backbone. You have to come to the place to where you're, you're going to say, I refuse to let anything that's going on stop what God's called me to do. He's called me to build something great. And regardless of whether you believe in it or not, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep stepping into this. And so we don't let the enemy get in our head. We don't let him do his thing. And, and you can see this begin to happen in chapter four. It is wild. Chapter four, you start seeing how the enemy comes in and works. I'm going to throw these at you quick, but you see Nehemiah chapter four, verse, verses six through eight, it says, so we built the wall. The entire wall was joined together up about half its height for the people had a mind to work. I love that, man. We set our mind and we work and we're going to do something great. But listen, as you build, when you have your mind set towards the thing that God's called you to do, watch what happens. You just see this throughout chapter four. Verse one, it says this. And so it happened that when Sambalai heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Listen, they may mock you for what God's called you to do. Listen, let them up. It, it did not stop them. It did not hinder them. They began to say things like in verse 3, they began to say stuff like, you know something, foxes climbing on this wall would cause it to fall and to crumble and would cause that thing to come down. Imagine having to hear that. Imagine being the one out there fighting and laying it out there on the line, working your tail off and doing all these things, and then that voice being spoken to you. you got to learn, have a backbone, refuse to listen to those things, and don't let that get in your head. We see the mockery come. We see discouragement come. In verse 10, it says that when then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. There's so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. They're saying there's so much stuff and they begin to get discouraged. And, and this is how this works. You see the mocking come from the outside, but this discouragement is coming from within. And this is how this will happen. The enemy will try to come in and, and, and begin to mess with your mind and tell you, man, it's not worth it. But listen, don't quit. Keep pressing in. He begins to, they begin to have to fight the threats that come their way. Verse 11 says, and our adversaries said that they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. Imagine hearing that as you're working for God. 
oh man, I'm going to come in and take every bit of it. I'm going to steal every bit of it. I'm, I'm going to, it's the, what you're doing is going to cease. It's going to end. They're having to hear these things over and over and over. Threats, discouragement, uh, the, the enemy coming in and mocking them. And then we see in chapter five, in chapter five, the division that tries to eat, this tries to sneak in and destroy it says, verse one, it says, and there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. You know it's getting ugly when the ladies done got in this thing. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Help a brother out. Wives done got all up in it telling the husbands, you need to just come home and quit and don't do that anymore. You're wasting your time. And, and it's how the enemy will slide in. Ladies, I love you. God bless you. But you just see here, he will use anything. He will try to come in. He'll try to cause a fuss, a fight, a destroy. He works in all these ways. And then we see the final one where he steps in and tries to deceive. After the mocking and the discouragement and all this Chapter 6, verse 1. Told you I was getting chapter 6. Now it happened that when Sambalai, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, again, this is the enemy, heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that were there no breaks left in it. Though at the time I had not hung the doors of the gate, one of the critical things, again, this is each part, each part is important. You have this wall built, but the gate's still not sealed. They still can come in, and there was still work to be done. Then Sambale and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. <laughs> you, better, you better watch this. You better see the deception of the enemy. Come. Come. This is how you work. I'm telling you, young and old, watch. He, he, come, meet me here in the plain of, oh no, what we need to say when that happens to say, oh no. I don't think so. Oh no, I got work to be done. There's some things here that need to happen. And oh no, that is, that's not going to work this time. You got me with that last time. Oh no. Verse three. So I sent messengers to them saying, this is what you tell the enemy. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Some of y'all need to use that this week. I refuse to step down. I refuse to come down. I refuse to come off that wall when that enemy tries to work his thing and do that work in you. You tell them, I got work to do. I don't have time for you, devil. Oh no, this will not work. And as we see each peace thrown at them. They, even the kitchen sink thrown at them. You know, you heard those saying, man, they threw everything but the kitchen sink. Kitchen sink flew by. Isaiah was working on the wall. Everything coming at them in this battle. When it's all said and done, watch what God does. As the worship team comes, please listen to these last passages here. As they came together, as deception had come, destroying all these things. In chapter 6, we see in verse 15, Listen to this. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the law in 52 days. <laughs> so yeah, some of y'all up. This is huge. 
archaeologists have found, they believe pieces of this wall, they're like eight feet thick. They didn't have what we had today, and, and, and they, they don't have the technology. As a matter of fact, I mean, just think, man, 52 days without the technology and all those things building something of this caliber. Have you ever tried to build a house? You ever tried to buy a house? <laughs> buy a house? Do something? I mean, it's crazy the things that can happen in just that amount of time. In 52 days, the miraculous happened because, listen, verse 16, and it happened when all of our enemies heard of it. All the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was done by our God. <laughs> when this is all said and done, I want them to be able to look at this thing and not just say, man, that was faith renewed or that was... Look what God has done. How did that happen? It's because people grabbed hold of an altar. They got a burden for the hurting. They just saw the brokenness that was out there. And they did this, man. Let's be a part of the plan. Let's not just sit back and even talk about the broken or point a finger at the broken or even just even weep for the broken, but let's get up and build something for the kingdom. And this is what I want, I want you to hear today. There's some of you that's in this room today. You're broken. You're hurting. You're, you're, you're wounded. The healer's in this room. The restore of the, wo- of the wounded and broken is here. And you're like, man, this thing's in ruins. Come to God in prayer. Watch what he will do. You'll look back and you'll say, man, how did he do that? How did that happen? And I, don't, I don't want us to make the mistake. My heart was broken this week and I was reading the story David Cassidy um, from the Partridge family. So I'm, you know, I'm, dating, I'm dating myself right here at my age. From the Partridge family. Passed away this week. And he was 67 years old. And I was reading this story of David Cassidy passing. And I read something and it just like, it, it broke me. Because shortly after he passed, his daughter revealed the last words that he spoke. And his last words before leaving this earth and his last breath, four words in quotations and marks, so much lost time. So much lost time. I want you to do this, if you would, please, and just stand with me. If you want to take a moment, just, I want you to bow your heads and hand. Search your heart. Oh, man. Thank you, God, for being here. Thank you for being with us in this room right now. And there's times in my life where I've looked back and I've, I've said those words, man, so much lost time. I don't want those to be my last words. 
I want those to be the last things that I said. And here's the truth. It's just the truth. We can't change anything about what we've done prior to this moment. We can't, we can't change where we've invested time and efforts and energies, resources, and what we've been on the wall, been off the wall. Where we, we can't change that. But today, we can come before him. First of all, we say, God, today, first of all, I come to you broken. And let him bring healing to you. If there's anyone today that doesn't know Christ, today, first of all, he wants to heal the brokenness in you. It's called salvation. It's first of all, it's where we come to faith in Jesus. And we put our hope in that because this is what Jesus did. You're talking about Yahweh comforting. You're talking about Jesus bringing comfort. Jesus saw our brokenness. And he came to bring healing to that. So heads about eyes are closed today. If you need today, first of all, you're just broken in the place to where uh, you understand and you, you understand today, I need salvation. I need Christ today. I am broken today. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray over you. And just today, God, just ask God to just do something in your life today and bring healing to you, bring wholeness into your life. He will. He won't turn you away. He hears those prayers. He hears your heart today. And so if that's you, I just want to pray over you right now. Father, I just thank you today. God, that in this moment, in this room right now, Lord God, that you are a healer of the broken. Lord, because of what Jesus did, because of what Christ did, the price that was paid, Lord, we can be made whole. We can have new life today in you. God, we thank you, Lord, that you take the ruins, you take the destruction, you take the mess, and you make something beautiful out of it, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oh, Today, I want to pray for you right now that if, if, if you're just like, man, you know something, I'm not in a place of brokenness right now, but and I want to have a greater burden. I, I, want, I want to be on the wall. I want to be a part of what God's doing. I want to be a part of the, the work that's, that's happening in the body of Christ. And I want, to, I want to step into that. I don't know what exactly I'm called to do. I don't know what my weapon or my, my tool will be. I don't know, but I'm, I'm willing. I want to be on the wall. I don't want to just have a burden. I want to be a part of the solution. And, and I want to be a part of the plan. That, that's you right now. I just want to pray over you. Father, right now, God, just speak to hearts, Lord. <laughs> oh, today, God, speak into hearts and lives right now, Father. And God, I just declare today, Lord, that you're bringing today, God, clear vision to your people, Lord. You're speaking to hearts, Lord. You're giving them a plan. God, you're showing them where they're supposed to be and the position and the purpose, Lord, that you've placed them here for, God. I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that today, Jesus. Oh, God, we receive right now from you, Lord. We receive right now from you, Lord. Oh, man. End of our first service, we did this, and it was beautiful. It was awesome. It, matter of fact, what they did surprised me. I wasn't even asking for that. And they ended up doing it. And I get all emotional as a pastor and just, I see this happen. I want to say as the worship team closes us out in, in song, I hope you don't have to leave and you got just another moment you can do this. I want to ask you to do something, whether it makes you comfortable or uncomfortable. We ain't here to get comfortable. I want you to come if you want to be a part of the plan. Not just here locally. You may be a part of this church. You may be coming as a first-time guest, but you're, today you see the need. Today you, and you want to be a part of the solution. You want to be a part of the plan of, of bringing the healing to the brokenness. And I believe this today. As you come, as you come down, we're going to see just healing come to you. 
God asked, us, asked me that in the first service to pray specifically in some areas of cracked and damaged and broken places. And, and he brought healing in those areas. And so I want you to do this. If, if, if you would today, if you want to be a part of that, I want you to step out and come. And as you come, I want you to do something. And again, I, it was, they did this. I didn't ask them, but it was awesome. They just locked arms. And they formed a wall in the front of this, this sanctuary. And it was just like in my heart, just lighting up, man, and just in my spirit, just leaping to see that coming together. And to see that the, the, when we do that, what it does to the enemy and how it brings us together and how it pushes him away. If you're physically able to do this, I want you during this song to just come and just come and just, just stand together and link, link arms if you can with one another. And if you need prayer, please do this. Come and just, just bow. And this is what's going to happen. We're going to pray for you. Go pray over you, go pray with you, and ask the Holy Spirit to do something in your life. But as they get ready to minister, I want you to come. If you want to be a part of the plan, I hope today we can look and see what, what Nehemiah saw, that there's brokenness in our world, and we're called to be a part of rebuilding that today. So as they minister in a song, if you will come and just stand with us and let's join together. And then when you do this, this is how we're going to do this. You're going to pray for, you're going to link arms, and you're going to pray for the person that you're connected with today. So every person here is going to have somebody praying for them. Every person today is going to have somebody praying with them. Man, this is awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Come, man. This is so awesome. And you'll probably want to form several lines, and, and that's awesome. Just come, form a line, then form another one once that gets full. Form another one once that gets full. Jump in jump in. I told him first service, I want to see this thing eight feet deep. I want to see some, some walls, man. Only God can build. This is awesome. Young or old, it doesn't matter. Listen, each part, each one of you are valuable. Each one of you are valuable. I thought I was looking at this wall. This is a beautiful wall because, listen, there's so many different pieces of it. There are different places and different walks of life and, and backgrounds that God's putting together. Thank you, Father. Thank you for putting this wall together. Thank you for building this group of people, Lord. Hallelujah. Just begin to just right now talk to them right before they sing. Just take a moment. Let's just, let's just go to the Lord. God, thank you, Father. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Let's, let's, yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you for each part, Lord. Each piece, God. I want to pray over those cracked places. Before we go any further, God, I just pray right now for healing in those cracked and damaged places, Lord. God, those that even think that they don't belong on the wall because they're, they're, they're too messed up, God, today, bring healing to those situations, God. Bring healing to past wounds and past damaged places and past cracked places, God. Bring healing to those areas today, God. Restore them today, God. Let them see today, Father, that they're needed on that wall, God, that they're part of, God, the plan. They're a part of the purpose, God, that you're doing in this place, God. Thank you for it today, God. Thank you for it today, God. Bring healing to those situations today, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Nothing else. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So worship team ministers this song. Take a moment. Pray for one another. In just a few moments, we're going to call you to a time of worship. And just in praising to the Lord as we go to him today. And God, we thank you for it right now. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.